Welcome back, everybody, to the Dodgers, Lakers, Patriots, and Rams podcast. I'm your host, Lauro Antonio. Keith Jacobs is here with me again. We're going to talk about the NFL now. We're going to recap the 2019 Pro Bowl and AFC and NFC Championship Games recap. And then we'll do an early preview of Super Bowl 53 today as well. And on Thursday night, then Keith and I will talk about the score predictions of Super Bowl 50. The player matchup spotlights and player spotlights to watch as well. So first, let's start off with the AFC and NFC title game recaps and talk about a great games for both my AFC and NFC teams and that they are going to meet in the Super Bowl next Sunday. So tell me your thoughts on the NFC title game and, and if that was a pass interference call on oh, it was. and uh, Tommy Lee Lewis. I, I don't think that I, I don't think that you could make a pass interference look more obvious. I think if you're able to I think if you look up the definition of pass interference in the in the dictionary, you're gonna see a picture of that play. Now, I know everyone's freaking out about it, but let's remember a couple of things here. Number one, Saints only had seven Saints had under hundred yards rushing between two of the best running backs in the league. That's not gonna fly. Drew Brees, I hate to say it, got outplayed by Jared Goff late in the game. And then Sean Payton had a couple of had a couple of weird coaching decisions, namely throwing the ball to Michael Thomas on first down instead of running the clock out, uh, which just made me scratch my head. Um, but overall, a really nice game by the Rams. They brought a lot of pressure to Drew Brees, did not allow him to get comfortable. Obviously, they stopped the run, limiting Kamara and uh, Ingram's production. And Jared Goff made big throws when he needed to make big throws. I know. I mean, um, I think um, if you look at it is – I just think that when you look at the – if it, look at this game in general, I, was, I had sec- originally predicted the – I originally predicted that both my AFC and NFC teams would meet in the Super Bowl between the Patriots and Rams, but I also had second thoughts of a Brady-Bree Super Bowl. But, but since, since those games are over, I do think that – that the Patriots and Rams are going to have a fantastic Super Bowl next next Sunday, which we'll get to in just in just a little bit here. But I mean, it was a great game overall. Like you said, they they got to Drew Brees. I think they learned their lesson from their from their previous matchup with the Saints back in the regular season, and that they, the Rams looked motivated to win that game. They definitely did, and it certainly it certainly helped on the defensive side of the ball that number one, uh, Indomitian Sue once again showed up to play, and number two that they had a key to lead. The biggest thing that was missing from them in that game earlier in the year against the Saints was a key to lead. They got thrown on at will, and a key to lead was able to was able to shut down. Will help them shut down uh, a Saints. Uh, Saints offense they didn't really have much going like I said in the running game the passing game was inconsistent Drew Brees just isn't throwing the ball down the field anymore and the the Saints they became the defensive story they became more of a defensive story in in the second half and you know they they had they had a few opportunities to be able to win that football game but the Rams uh, Sean McVay I think out coached Sean Payton and like I said, I think Jared Goff made a lot of big throws when he needed to make big throws. Absolutely. I mean, Jared Goff was clutch. I mean, I think that the uh, Rams are a team that's just poised. I think they're going to have what it takes to to beat the Patriots in the AFC in, in the Super Bowl next week. But I do think the Patriots are favored to win by three, according to my books. But I mean, yeah. 
now, like, I mean, now I thought that the the officiating in the NFC title game was atrocious. I could not stand the way they the job they did in the NFC title game. They just did a terrible job. Oh, it was absolutely horrible. It was absolutely horrible. Highlighted obviously by the missed pass interference call. Um, you know, you never want to have the momentum of a game be changed by the the calls of an official, but I think it's pretty safe to say that if that pass interference is called there, then that helps this. I, I think I could argue that the Saints march down the field and score a touchdown on that drive. I think that that pass in, lack of pass interference call um, really kind of stalled momentum for them. Um, and then obviously there were, uh, you know, a bunch of other problems throughout the course of the game that just seemed to be a huge theme this year with the NFL, which is just the, not only the amount of botch calls, but the absurdity of the calls as well. It's really getting out of hand. It was getting out of hand in the NFC title game, but let's talk about the AFC title game too with the Patriots and Chiefs. I thought the Patriots played a very good game all in all, but there were some calls that I didn't get, like the Edelman muff punt. It, it did not touch his – the football did not touch his thumb. But I also thought that there was that rough in the past. The call did not make sense. I didn't think it made any sense either. Both of those calls, I think, were uh, questionable. I saw no evidence, whatever angle you showed, whatever angle they were able to show, it didn't matter. I saw no evidence that that ball hit at, uh, hit Edelman's thumb. Um, the pass interference call was incredible. Excuse me. The uh, the roughing the passer call was incredibly questionable. Um, the the big call that really hurt them, obviously, and we'll, we can get into uh, discussion a little bit of this is the D Ford lining up on sides offsides call. You know, because you if D Ford does not get that called on him, Brady throws his third pick of the game, and I think that Mahomes is able to march right down the field and score. And you know, right there. You gave the best quarterback of all time a second chance, and he killed you. And that ultimately led to this game being lost for the Kansas City Chiefs. So was that a penalty called on D4 from what you saw? Oh, absolutely, 100%. I think, you know, a couple of things that I'm looking at, obviously the full body, if the hand is, uh, if the hand is placed over, if when he's getting into the base of his stance, getting into a position to explode up, is his head going over the line? And I think you saw a couple of those things to check him off. And it's, it's unfortunate because D Ford is an incredibly good player and had a really, really good impact on that chief's defensive line, helping them be top in the league in, in sacks. But that it's unfortunate that that play is going to be the one thing that's going to stick on his resume. Absolutely. And I think all in all, I thought the both championship games last Sunday were amazing. Both games went in overtime, but ultimately both my Patriots and Rams were road warriors. They did. They really did great jobs, and the Patriots did a lot of what they needed to do in spite of the fact that Brady didn't really play all that well for a majority of the game. They left Tyreek Hill basically out of the equation. He had one catch. Uh, Travis Kelsey had 23 total yards, and they Mahomes really struggled in, in that first half, you know, and they did what they needed to do. Uh, they were great situa- uh, situationally late in the game, picking up consecutive first downs to march down the field on that touchdown drive. Um, and, you know, that's why he's the greatest of all time. You give him a second chance after after what should have been his third pick of the game, and, and he's going to burn you and walk right down the field, and that's exactly what he did. Yeah, and um, so I'm going to make a comparison about Tom Brady right here. You're going to sure. agree with this for sure. I mean, sure. I think Tom Brady is the version of Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan in the NFL in my eyes. 
I agree with you, obviously, without the ego um, of, of a guy like a, a Michael Jordan and a Kobe Bryant. But I see what you're saying. They're both they're all assassins, um, all at the top of their craft. And, you know, they all they all they do is win. All they do is win. They all have the same amount of titles. And, you know, he's just he's absolutely amazing. I you know, I can't put Tom Brady into words. He is incredible uh, just being able to being able to lead game winning drive after game winning drive, go to Super Bowl after Super Bowl. I mean, he's been in 17% of the NFL Super Bowls over the course of history. That is absurd. Yeah, I mean, Tom Brady, if you look at him, he just he's just not I mean, let me say that Tom Brady is not going to retire after this game. Although I heard he said on ESPN that he has zero chance of zero intentions of retiring after this game. I think Tom Brady's going to play for the Patriots until he's 45 years old. I agree with you. I don't see any reason for him really to, to retire. I think that, you know, the game is, the game is just becoming a little, the game is becoming easier for him as he gets older, as he gets that better offensive line, he's just going to happen. He's going to be able to get the ball out quicker. He's still very accurate with the football. He could still make the necessary throws, What's key for him, though, and another a big reason why I don't think he should retire is because the Patriots have 12 draft picks coming up this upcoming NFL draft. So they're going to be able to reload. They can retool. They can get off of Gronk's contract. They can get rid of Edelman if they want to. They can reload uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I don't really see much of a reason for him to retire, unless you know, barring obviously some sort of major outward circumstance that comes about from this uh, coming week. Yeah, I mean, I don't see like I like you said, I I don't see Tom Brady retiring just yet. Like, I mean, he still has a lot of unfinished business to take care of, and I, I do expect Tom Brady to pass Peyton Manning on the all-time touchdown passing list. I expect him to do that, and you know, probably a couple more records while we're at it. Um, I I think that if they retool the right way, I can understand the idea of Brady maybe winning one more Super Bowl, and then I would probably call it quits after that. But right now, there's just absolutely no reason for him to, to retire. Yeah, there's no reason for him to retire just yet. He did say he's going to play until he's 45. Which, uh, you know, he should. Now, if, he, if what happens to him, if what happens to Peyton Manning happens to him, where it's sort of like he just completely and totally falls off a cliff, within the next one to two years or so, then obviously call it quits. But I, I've seen, with, other than maybe some consistent inconsistency issues from time to time, I haven't really seen any drop-off in production that would alarm me to have him retire. Yeah, I mean, I, I see Tom, Tom Brady still could get the job done. And I don't see the Patriots getting rid of Gronk and Edelman because I, I, expect, I expect the Patriots to have the same exact team heading into next season. I expect them to probably keep Edelman just because, you know, next year he'll be another year off of the ACL surgery. I just look at Gronk right now, and it's just like he, you know, he's had his moments throughout this year, but he is a shell of himself. He is a shell of himself. He's like if he's like a fast right tackle that can catch the football right now to me. Like he has no, he doesn't have much explosiveness off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have a quick first step anymore. He's kind of just a big body, and he's not really he's not really that you know impact vertical threat that he once was, although you know he can still make plays, but I think that and there's even been rumors that he himself might go ahead and retire and and go into to acting or i I've even heard him 
there's an idea of him going to uh, the WWE even. Yeah. So I if I say the Patriots just just extend Julian Edelman because Edelman's more that security blanket and favorite target of Tom Brady. Yeah, he's a, a great slot receiver. He's had some problems with drop balls this year. Um, but he's got great – he's got a rapport with Tom Brady. He's got chemistry. And, again, like I said, it's going to be another year of him coming off of that ACL injury. So he's going to be even more healthy this time around. And, and hopefully he's able to get that, uh, that good first step back. Absolutely. And now um, let's recap the Pro Bowl. And I watched – this game was lopsided. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring game. But the NFC just didn't even try no, they they really didn't even show up, and you you can pretty much you you can pretty much wrap the did not try in a bow when you saw guys like Saquon Barkley playing defensive end. I I mean they just it was and I get that it's the Pro Bowl, like it's supposed to be fun. It's an expedition, you know. It's it's a expedition game. It's cool. It's a fun vibe and everything. But I mean, I I got to be completely honest with you. When I saw Saquon Barkley playing defensive end, I I kind of cringed a, a little bit at that. Yeah, I mean, that was a little crazy on that. But the Pro Bowl was not enter- – I didn't think it was entertaining, but I do think the NFL will find ways to make the Pro Bowl even better. I think they need to find ways to make the Pro Bowl even better. I, and I think they, they have a really nice opportunity to be able to do that. I mean, because the I, I think the NBA All-Star game is – you know, the NBA All-Star game is improving, obviously, with the draft and, and you know, incorporating that into it. Uh, Major League Baseball's All-Star game is still solid, even though I don't think they should have taken away the home field advantage factor um, in, in there. So I think they need to I think they need to find a way to elevate it. And who knows what they come up with, but they need to make it more entertaining and less of a joke like it was this year. Absolutely. And now with that being said, let's do an early preview of Super Bowl 53. So, Keith, um, on Thursday, we're going to we're going to do a whole full on Super Bowl 53 preview on Thursday with with scouting the matchups, player spotlights, and predicted scores. That's I just wanted to let you know that. Okay. All right. No problem. Um, to- so for was oh sorry, my bad. I apologize. And today and today we're just doing an early preview Super Bowl fifty three, and and I do and I do favor the Patriots winning by three at this point, but we're not going to go into the score details yet until Thursday. I I think the you know I think the safe bet would be the Patriots. I think it's going to be. A really, really good football game. It's going to be a close game. Um, the interesting thing, my big, and we'll talk a little bit more in depth about this, obviously, this coming, uh, this coming Thursday. My big matchup that I'm looking for is the O-line of the Patriots versus the D-line of the Los Angeles Rams. This is going to be even more essential than you, you know, than in general, because on 92 dropbacks this year for uh, this postseason for Tom Brady, he's been hit once. And the Patriots offensive line hasn't allowed a sack. And that's against Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram and, and D Ford and Chris Jones and Justin Houston. And now you got two of the best defensive linemen in the game and, and Aaron Donald and, and Dominic and Sue coming up. So it's going to be a really, really interesting matchup up front. Absolutely. It's going to be the Patriots offense versus that retooled fearsome foursome Rams defense. And the Rams defense needs to continue to have their, their star players show up. They need to continue to get that energy up front from the Indomitian Sioux. And, you know, obviously there's not really a whole lot of, uh, of big-time threats on the receiving side of the ball for the Patriots. But I think one key matchup I'm looking for is Aqib Tlaib on either Julian Edelman or Rob Gronkowski. I'm not sure how they're going to plan on using 
Marcus Peters and Aqib Talib as far as who they're going to be covering on a consistent basis. But one of the two of them is going to have to be able to handle Gronk over the middle of the field, and we'll see who's able to uh, rise to the challenge in that respect. I think Talib and Peters will either be on uh, Gronk, and I think and I think Joyner would probably be on either one of the running backs or one of the tight ends. So I mean. Looking forward to this matchup. We're going to get more into depth in that on Thursday. I really am looking forward to the one thing I'm looking forward to most the next Sunday is the next QB to coach combo. So we're going to talk about that more on Thursday. But my top two coaching to quarterback to coach combo from a Patriots and Rams perspective for me is Brady and Belichick and McVeigh and Goff. Those are two great ones. I really love, uh, obviously, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes are a really, really good combo. Um, Deshaun Watson and Bill O'Brien have made themselves pretty well known. Uh, Frank Reich and Andrew Luck are, are another great one. And then when he's healthy and, and they're able to get the play calling in the, in, the right, in the right way, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson obviously stand out. Yeah, I mean, I think, Car- I think Carson Wentz will be uh, – Comeback player of the year next season. I really see that in in Carson Wentz. I see that in him too. And, I, you know, he has all the talent in the world to be one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. He's clearly shown it. Um, I, I think the problem that I've seen with that offense is when Carson's out there, they try to do a little bit too much. They, they try to get a little bit too crazy uh, detailed, whereas with Nick Foles, they just keep it simple. Guys run their routes. He throws the football. And obviously the tendency is to get a little more complicated when you have a guy who's as talented as Carson Wentz. But I think if they kind of, you know, simplify the play calling a little better and just let his talent kind of flow and and show out that he'll be able to be just fine in that offensive system. Absolutely. But you agree with me that I told you that from a Patriots and Rams perspective, for me, my top two head coaching, head coach to quarterback combos is Belichick and Brady and McVay and Goff. Oh, I do. I know. I a hundred percent do. And I think that there's, I agree with you. And I think that there's potential for um, McVeigh and Goff to even sort of kind of transform into the next version of, of Brady and Belichick. I, you know, obviously we talk about how uh, gifted Sean McVeigh is as a coach. I see some, I see some qualities, some Tom Brady qualities in Jared Goff. They can both, you know, they're both kind of wiry, California cool, you know, not, you know, don't have big egos. They can make throws. They're not overly mobile. I, I see some, I see some Tom Brady and Jared Goff. And I think that there's potential for them to transform into that next Brady Belichick combo. Absolutely. I could see that in both McVay and Goff. And I have a question for you. So I want to compare this Rams and Patriots rivalry to like the NBA finals when it's Warriors Cavs. Do you see that being the next, Warriors and Cavs rivalry in the NFL and Super Bowls, meaning that the Patriots and Rams meet in the next three to four Super Bowls? Um, Wow. That's a great question. And the only reason why I'm going to say no to that is this. The fact that, number one, there are so many great quarterbacks in the NFC. It's loaded in the NFC as far as good offenses go. Um, Obviously, the Rams, I think, are the pillar, but you know, you're still going to have the Philadelphia Eagles around next year. Hopefully should, uh, the Chicago Bears can kind of make that next jump that I think is necessary for them to make, which is on, you know, on, with the quarterback position with Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, you still have the Vikings. They're a good roster. You can't ever doubt Aaron Rodgers. Uh, the Cowboys are still going to be around. 
hopefully my Giants pull their head out of their asses and, and select the quarterback and do something. Um, and then also, you never really know with, with, uh, you know with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick as far as when Brady is, is going to fall off. You never know when, uh, you, you know, obviously you still have the great rosters of the Chargers and the Chiefs and, you know, Baltimore is going to be around for a little bit. So, I, you know, I can see it happening. Do I think it's very likely? Maybe not. Um, I think it's most, I think it's more likely that the Patriots and Rams will meet in the next three to four Super Bowls and, and, and be the next Warriors Cavs rivalry in football, like how the Warriors and Cavs met in consecutive NBA finals. I think I could see, I really picture that happening. I could see it a little bit more for the Rams person, uh, than, than I do for the Patriots. Again, like I said, I think there are just so many great rosters in in the AFC, the Chargers, the Chiefs, who need to get better defensively, literally this instant. Um, the Texans are still going to be around. If the if the Jaguars could draft a quarterback and maybe birth a couple of receivers, they obviously have the defensive talent. Um, you know, you never know how the the development of a of the New York Jets is going to go. The Colts, I think, are going to run the AFC South for the next ten years or so. Um, so I, I I think the road, and obviously the Steelers uh, in that in that division. I think the road for the Rams is a little bit easier than the road for the Patriots, just because of the age of Tom Brady and how their roster kind of doesn't always match up to their opponents. But obviously, we'll see. You can't doubt the goat. So I I'm not leaving it completely out of the question. Yeah, that's the question that I had to ask because I feel like it's it should be the next Warriors and Cavs rivalry in championship sports. Well, I think it should be. I certainly think that, you know, it's it's definitely, you know, those are definitely the best. I think right now the two best coach quarterback combos in the league as far as, you know, what they're going to be able to accomplish going deep into the playoffs. Um, I, I don't see why it can't happen. You know, I, I just kind of – bet against it just because there's so much more parity in the NFL uh, with teams changing rosters every year. And now obviously we have two big guys on the move with Le'Veon Bell, uh, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. So we'll see how that, how their um, uh, departure and where they land impacts the, uh, the playoff picture. Yeah. And um, now um, let's, let's also, let's also reflect on some of the careers of some referees that officiated the Pro Bowl today who are retiring Walt Coleman and uh, Pete Morelli. Pete Morelli, I think, is the most controversial rep in the history of when I watch NFL football. Walt Coleman is a guy that I really like, and I wish he got the Super Bowl, though, over John Perry. I, I, think, I think John Perry wasn't a terrible choice uh, for the Super Bowl just because he has refed the most Super He's refed three Super Bowls. Uh, he's refed seven conference championship games, so he op- obviously has – a lot of deep playoff experience. Um, it's actually funny. We talk about Pete Morelli. I'm actually currently looking at right now. Um, Philly fans created a created a petition for Roger Goodell that Pete Morelli should be banned from refereeing any Philadelphia Eagles games. I'm actually staring at this right now. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I saw that too. I mean, Pete Morelli made. He's always very biased when it comes to the Eagles. Oh, oh yeah, very clearly. No, he um, the the statistics make it incredibly obvious. I mean, the Eagles. It says here that the Eagles in 
a few game in games that he has officiated were flagged 40 times for a total of 396 total uh, penalty yards. Whereas the opponents in those games were flagged eight times for 74 yards. So obviously the statistics back it up. Absolutely. on that for people. Like, well, Coleman was also known for the tuck rule game. Oh, oh Lord. And that is, that's an asterisk that will forever be an asterisk on Tom Brady's career. Just in my personal opinion, obviously he is still the goat. I'm never going to question that. Um, but all I'm, all I'm saying is, is that I, I believe that that game started this Patriots uh, dynasty. And I think you, you may agree with me on that. And, you know, uh, it, it created something that has blown the minds and frustrated the minds of the NFL for the last 10 to 15 years. And also with the Oakland Raiders too. Oh yeah. It's because of all this chaos of tuck rule. Oh, the only, yeah. And the Oakland Raiders have just obviously, obviously spiraled uh, because of that. I think that a lot of people would argue that over the last recent years, that was probably one of the best, if not the best chances that the Raiders had to win the Super Bowl. So there is, so there's a, a feeling I'm sure among Raider Nation that that they were definitely robbed of that opportunity. Yeah, those fans still can't get it stuck. It's still no, stuck they, in their heads. But no, they can't get a break. They cannot get a break from that. But let's also talk about here. Um, you think you you said John Perry was not a bad choice for him to officiate Super Bowl Fifty Three. I've seen him officiate. In Super Bowl, in Super Bowl, uh, what you would call this, forty-six, when the Patriots played your Giants, and then obviously the Patriots lost to the Giants on a last-second, um, last-second, uh, I think a, a touchdown within like one minute left in that game. Yeah, yeah, that was a big game, and uh, the one thing that people talk about from that game with him was the uh, was the safety that allowed the Giants to take the nine nothing lead when Brady was called uh, on intentional grounding resulting on a safety. Um, my, my only, my, my thing with Perry is that I, I like my refs to have experience. And I think him being, uh, him being the, uh, the lead, current active leader among NFL refs in Super Bowls officiated, I think works uh, for me in this, uh, as far as playing into his strengths, uh, experience is big. So, um, you know, I, I think that there could have been worse choices, but obviously he's not a phenomenal ref. So I think that that'll end up playing an impact. Yeah, I mean, John game. Perry's not a phenomenal ref from what I see out of him. But, I mean, you know, uh, it is what it is. But, I mean, I know the, the Rams are unbeaten in games officiated by Perry, and the Patriots have a, a decent record on games officiated by John Perry. So I think it's going to be a great game overall. But we're going to talk about – we're going to get more in depth in the Super Bowl on Thursday. Yeah, uh, it should be it should be an amazing game. I'm incredibly excited. And now, um, before we go to our final NFL thoughts and take another quick break and get to the NBA, let's now predict the 2019 Pro Football Hall of Fame class and who I think is going to get in. And first off, my seven men that are going to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame is Ed Reed, Tony Gonzalez, Steve Atwater. Ty Law, Don Coriel, Pat Boland, and Isaac Bruce. 
Okay. Yeah, that's good. I have um I'm right with you. I have Isaac Bruce. Um Tony Gonzalez, I think, is going to get the largest percentage of votes um out of everybody on on the uh on the Pro Football Hall of Fame ballot. I think that Champ Bailey is going to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I believe that I, I think Tom Flores may may get some votes. We'll see. Uh, as as far as that concerned, but other I, I pretty much have the same uh, thoughts as you do as far as the NFL Hall of Fame is concerned, and all of those guys are incredibly well deserving. And someday we'll see a, a class of Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Peyton Manning in Canton, Ohio, one day. Uh, the greatest quarterback class ever. Yeah, I want to see that very very soon. And now for my final NFL thoughts, I thought the Pro Bowl was okay. I really think that whoever gets in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that I predict look great. If not, then we'll also talk about the the Thursday after the Super Bowl. We'll talk about our reactions of what if the committee did a good job pre- predicting its Pro Football Hall of Fame class. My final NFL thought is actually a very, very bold prediction. My bold prediction is D, G, D Ford's play – set up what will be the final opportunity for the Kansas City Chiefs to make the Super Bowl in the career of Patrick Mahomes. I think that Mahomes will end up like a Dan Marino. He's incredibly gifted. He'll throw for a lot of yards. He'll break some records. He'll go to the Pro Bowl. He'll make some all-pro teams. He'll get some MVPs. But I I think that this year – Maybe the best shot for him would have been the best shot for him to go to the Super Bowl, and D. Ford messed that up. Yeah, so you think D. Ford leaves the Chiefs? I don't think D. Ford leaves the Chiefs, but I definitely think that that play changes a, a lot for the Kansas City so, Chiefs. I mean, so you're not saying the Chiefs say, are going to fall? You think the Chiefs are going to be a great football team for a long time? Oh no, I think the Chiefs are going to be a good football team. I just think that this that. I, I don't see them making a Super Bowl in the Patrick Mahomes era. That's what I'm saying. So you're saying is that the Chiefs are still going to be good, but they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl in the Patrick Mahomes era. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I that's exactly what I'm saying. I think they're going to be one of those teams that this that the conference championship game was their plateau, and they're going to be that team that had the incredible quarterback arm talent and the coach, and they had really dynamic players, but they just couldn't get over that one hump of the conference championship game. All right. So Keith, stay right where you are. We'll take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll do our final segment of the day, which is the NBA.